Good morning, Christ Church. So good to see you. It's so good to see even more people this morning, too. I mean, other people, not more people. Our family, the church family. And so uh, we're, we're, we're doing something where we're making more room for people. If you want to bring visitors, uh, bring some visitors. In fact, we've had visitors in both uh, services. And I think I pointed out um, people from our church have put together such a great thing. We've got a Christchurch pin. And then there's um, Christchurch bracelet and stuff. And then uh, things to fill out. And like I said, in both services so far... We've had visitors. This is why we're going to extra services. We want to make room for the future. So you can see that I want to make room. Um, we heard at the beginning of the year, I heard, and I believe some of you heard in your spirit, we do a 21-day fast, and what I heard was the word increase. I had no idea what it meant to how we're increasing right now. I can tell you this. When um, the uh, shutdown began for coronavirus and stuff a lot of pastors were uh, kind of confused but I know the next day I went on live on Facebook and uh, started the five minutes of encouragement which is today the first day I haven't done it since the the virus because the reason I didn't do it is I was preaching <laughs> at 8:30. I was preaching here at 8:30, so we didn't go live but I can tell you pastors have said they have increased in their workload and what they're doing more than ever before. And it's weird. By closing a church, you would increase, but it's true. And then now we're getting to a point where we have a couple of services. Maybe it could be three, could be four. That's increased. But I can tell you this, and I told our first service this. Um, what I've seen increase also, our, our giving in the church had increased, which I thought it would decrease. It increased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Our personal, uh, what we were getting, and uh, Megan alluded to Stephanie, she was kind of an essential, so she was going in. Then when uh, she had uh, had to stay home, um, her, her work gave her all of that time and didn't charge her uh, anything. You know, just said, you know, we, you're essential. We, and they gave it to her, and now, thank you, work. That was great. Uh, but uh, they, they took care of her, and anyway, an income kept coming in for us. And in fact, we've been doing uh, better financially, we can't explain it, than uh, since this thing began. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Anybody agree with me? Some don't, some do. And, and so we've been giving, and God has been blessing us. So I thank God for that. So I thank God for your giving and what you're doing, but we've increased in that financially. We've increased in people that have been saved, that are making commitments to the Lord. Um, we're increasing, amen, good. That should be clapped for, amen. Um, so increase is happening, and uh, don't be afraid of it. Just, just embrace it and thank God for this time. Uh, I, I don't have Stephanie here today, but I called her my apocalypse buddy, you know, Oh, we were sitting together in our little room. I'm like, you're my apocalypse buddy. You know, I'm going through uh, changing times. How many of you know some weird stuff is happening? Anybody? Uh, weird things. Uh, impression without expression equals depression. And I explained it to the first service this morning. I guess I have a little time. I'll explain it to this uh, service. My uh, grandfather 
uh, lived in Texas, Odessa, and he had a uh, steel uh, cooker that was a pressure pot. You guys know what I'm talking about, where you, you take the top and you just screw the top on, and it only has a plastic piece that lets the steam out. And so he would, uh, it, it was broke, and he knew it was broke, but he would let the steam out once in a while. Well, he had forgotten it had been cooking for a long time, and no steam had been coming out. And he went to press that plastic piece, and it erupted. It exploded. And black-eyed peas blew all over him. He had burns all over his arm. It was terrible. Impression without expression equals depression. And so I encourage you to worship the Lord, to love the Lord, because what happens is when you get caught up in a vacuum and everything is pressing down, there, there becomes this expression, this, this venting, I guess is the word, venting that needs to happen. And I encourage you to vent to God, to praise Him, to worship Him. I heard some people clapping during worship. You can clap, you can do this, you could dance around, do a jig if you want. You know, um, I love watching children worship, they, they worship God. Impression without expression, express to God, let Him know that you love Him. And in this time that we're going in, express to others that you care about them and you love them and, 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 and you have a heart to pray for them. And this has nothing to do with the sermon, so I better get back to the sermon. But let's get to the word this morning. Acts chapter 15, verse 7. We'll get to that. And you see this behind me. It says one day. Um, we're going to do a one day here at our church. But how many of you have ever said, one day I'm going to do this? Or I'm going to do that. I used to watch my friends go on Facebook Live. And I thought, one day I'll be brave enough to do that. And I did it. <laughs> so I went on. Maybe one day you said, I'll go on Facebook Live and I'll sing a song. Go ahead and do that. That's awesome. One day. But one day, we're going to have a, a weekend where we have a one day where you, you just give it to God and say, Lord, I've been saying this and know this is my spirit one day and today's the day. I want you to know that today is your one day. Today is a day to accept Christ. Today is a day to put Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We're talking about this morning, why church matters. And the, how many of you guys know what today is? Anybody? It's a special day. Anybody know? Somebody said it over here. Pentecost. I see that. Hand. Did, were you going to say Pentecost? Oh, he was going to say the day that it is. But it is, I, I'm sorry I didn't pick you, but she did. It, she said it right. It is Pentecost. And so what I've uh, entitled this message uh, this morning is Why Church Matters and God Gives Us the Holy Spirit. God gives us the Holy Spirit. So are you there? Uh, Acts chapter 15, verse 7. Everybody say amen. All right, let's do it. Verse 7, here we go. And after there he had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by the mouth of the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, 
Why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from that that has been strangled and from blood. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you, God. We give you praise. We ask you to open our eyes that we may see and open our ears that we may hear. Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you for this message this morning. I thank you for Pentecost. And I thank you for what it means. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. The first point is, number one is, the importance of Pentecost. The importance of Pentecost. So, what Pentecost means is uh, actually 50, or uh, it's, it's a harvest time. It's uh, 50 days from Passover. So there was a, a feast that was the Passover. Then there's a feast, which is called the harvest. And the harvest feast, and there were 50 days apart. And this is not by accident. This is on purpose. But Jesus went to the cross during Passover. He gave his life. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God. He was the spotless lamb that died for all of humanity. Billions and billions of humanity. Jesus died for our sins. And what they would do is they would observe this feast, the feast of Passover, way before Jesus ever came. And it was uh, of the children of Israel getting out of bondage. And the feast of Passover was where they would paint uh, the blood of Je uh, or the blood of a, a lamb, a sinless lamb, over the doorpost, and the house was protected, and the 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 death angel would go over them, and that was a significance there that Jesus was going to forgive us and deliver us and give us eternal life. And so, there you have Passover, which is important, very important. It was a great feast, and then fifty days later, you had what they called the harvest. Um, time, or it was it was called Pentecost, and it was a completion of the grain harvest. Everyone was to bring the Lord his tribute of a free will offering. And I told you guys about increase and how God's increase, and I was telling Steph about this. And today, her and I, we just brought a free will offering we, and, and giving 
to the Lord because of how he's increased and blessed us. And I was, I was telling someone, I think this morning, I didn't say it in the first service, but my dad uh, was a pastor in Wilcox, and he was a pastor of Shirley and Johnny, Johnny Kimsey. And if you guys are watching, hello. And uh, they had a farm. They had a, uh, uh, you know, they had a harvest, and they had a terrible harvest the year before, so they had my dad go out and pray over the harvest. And you know what that is? You put seed in, right? And then something grows up after all the rain and the manure and everything. Your, your harvest comes up. And they were uh, highlighted that year, I believe, in the agricultural uh, magazine as having one of the best crops that anyone had had that year after you prayed over it. And you, I want to encourage you, if God has blessed you, invest in something. Do you know what I mean? Invest in, in seeds of loving people. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? What, what Megan said, people came and, and loved them when they were... Uh, uh, hurt and, and, and gave to them. Th think about that. Think about your community and invest in, in planting seeds. But so what happened here is that they would have an offering, uh, an, an offering that they would give in thankfulness of the harvest that they were going to bring in. The day of Pentecost is noted in the Christian church as the day on which the Spirit descended for the apostles, upon the apostles. Now in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, we read a verse there, but let me explain to you what happened. Jesus rose from the dead the third day. And so he's revealing himself to over 500 people. And the, the feast of um, Passover had already gone. It was over. But he's revealing himself to over 500 people. And then he comes to a point, and they come to a mountain, and he says, um, I'm going to leave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you guys. I'm going up to the right hand of the Father. But he said in John chapter 14, he said, hey, I'm not going to leave you comfortless or alone, but I'm going to send my spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you, and he will be in you. But he ascends to the Father. He leaves. And then... He's, before he leaves, he says, hey, go and tarry for the Holy Spirit, the one I told you. I'm going to send him. By the way, the Holy Spirit is a person. And I'm going to send my spirit, and he will be with you, and he will be in you. So they go to a place, they go to upper room, and they're tarrying. And on the day of Pentecost, on the day of harvest, and harvest is a word for salvation. Are, are, are you guys excited about that? People coming to the Lord. Guys, this is a day, today, today is the day to give your life to the Lord. If you've never given your life to the Lord, you that are online, you, you that are here, if you've never given your life to the Lord, this is the day. This is a day of harvest. But you see, on that day, in fact, in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says that the Holy Spirit, in verse 1, 2, and 3, talks about the Holy Spirit came down as tongues of fire rested upon them. In verse 4, it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. Wait for it. As the Spirit gave them utterance. You see, the Spirit speaks through the believer. Why do I speak with boldness? Why do I speak with confidence? 
Why do I speak impassioned? Why do you do, what you that have accepted Christ, why do you speak? Because it's not only you that's speaking, but the Spirit, the Spirit. By the way, the Spirit speaks English, speaks Chinese. He speaks Spanish. He speaks every language of the world. And he speaks languages that people don't even know. And he speaks it through his people. He gives them utterance. He gives them the ability to lift up the name of Jesus. You see, the blood of the Lamb saves. And the Spirit of God fills. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? The, the blood of the Lamb, the Passover, Jesus, salvation comes. The disciples have salvation, but they're not telling anybody about Jesus. They're all gathering together, eating and high-fiving and praying and saying, Oh God, we love you, we love you. But they're in this upper room together, almost like what I said, a pressure cooker. <laughs> and they're like a pressure cooker. And then the power of God hits and they explode and they come out and they start speaking to people in their own languages, and do you know what they're saying? They're not saying uh, dumb talk or anything. They are lifting up the name of Jesus because that's what the Holy Spirit does. They're lifting up God, and they're saying, praise God, glorify God. And they come out of their shelter or their environment, and they explode out with boldness to tell people about Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us and through us. You see, the blood of the Lamb saves, and the Spirit of God fills. Number one is the importance of Pentecost. The second point that I want to go over this morning is God gives us the Holy Spirit. God gives us the Holy Spirit. And this is like you would put this in... Uh, italics underneath or whatever, but he makes no distinction between people. God makes no distinction between people. God pours his Holy Spirit, and listen to me carefully, God pours his Holy Spirit out on Jews, Greeks, Americans, Japanese, Africans, Chinese, Russians, and anyone who believes that they become the church. God doesn't make distinction between skin color. God doesn't make a distinction between rich or poor. God pours his spirit out on all flesh. God pours his spirit on everyone. You know, I was thinking... Last night, we went, Sunday we went from one service. Last night we had a service here uh, with our uh, brothers from India, the Malamayam speaking people. And they blessed our church. They, they prayed, but they also gave. And they were just so glad. This is the first time they met. They've met since this time. And they met. Then this morning, we have a service. Then right now, we have a service of all kinds of different people from all kinds of different status, and God pours His Holy Spirit on everyone. 
John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, not just the Jewish people, but whosoever. See, this is an important statement because Jesus came unto His own. Jesus was born Jewish. He came to the Israel people, and most all of His preaching was to them. And so, when the presence of God came to the apostles, they're thinking this is to us. And then Peter has an epiphany that it's for the Gentiles and for all mankind. And he goes and preaches to Cornelius and the Holy Spirit falls on them. Then Barnabas and Paul go out and they preach and everybody they preach to is a Gentile, not a Jewish. And the Holy Spirit falls on them. God gave his son for the world, not for one particular group. He gave his son for the entire world. You see, salvation and the Holy Spirit is God's gift to those who believe. How many believe that? All right, let's accept his spirit right now. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your spirit. Thank you, God, for filling us, Lord, filling us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for everyone, Lord, as you fill us right now with your spirit to worship you, to praise you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Receive the Holy Spirit. I want to say two things about the Holy Spirit. So you guys hang on to me. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you some scriptures. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. We don't call the Holy Spirit it. The Holy Spirit's a person. This is found in Ephesians 4.30, Hebrews 10.29, Acts 7.51. The Holy Spirit is, is, is a person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus said in John 14, he said, the Spirit will come and he will be with you, and he will be in you. And the Holy Spirit is a person. How is he? Right now, there's 7 billion people on the planet. So how can the person be in 7 billion people or maybe 2 billion people? Guess what? He's God and you're not. So he can do it. He can be in you, his power, his strength, and his power and his strength and his Holy Spirit can be in me. Does anybody listen? And he doesn't do one person at a time. He can fill all of us at the same time. Proven in Acts chapter 2, 4, when he came down and filled everyone at the same time. And they spoke with the power of God. See, God is not going to leave you weak and impotent. He said, I will send my spirit and he will be with you and he will be in you. And that number two is an important part and I'm going to go over it. Number two, the Holy Spirit loves, communicates, testifies, teaches, and prays. If you're looking for these verses, you can look these up later. John 15, 26, Acts 13, 2, and Romans chapter 8, 26 through 27. You see, really important here right now, the Holy Spirit loves, He communicates, He testifies, and he teaches. 
and he prays. Let me, let me do some, for instance, I have preached and taught, and I'm going and I'm saying stuff, and all of a sudden, I'm like, what is that coming out of my mouth? That was not in my notes. What is going on here? And then when I'm done, somebody comes up and they go, Pastor, you preached right to me. When you said da-da-da-da-da, and I was like, I don't remember saying da-da-da-da-da. But I said, Holy Spirit, have your way. And God, through me, teaches, preaches, communicates, because the Holy Spirit, if you are willing, He will use you. He will take your voice and use you to teach and to pray. I've prayed for people. And please begin to pray. Just pray. And I've prayed and I hear my prayers. I'm like, Lord, touch them. Lord, do, do this in their life. Please, Lord. I'm, and I can hear my prayer. And then all of a sudden I hear something coming like a rushing mighty wind. <laughs> and it comes up and I'm praying for, let's say, King Carr. And I'm praying, Lord, you know, his, his clavicle. I pray you'd heal his bones and, and all the things. And, and then all of a sudden I just hear some. And right now in the name of Jesus, da, 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 da. And I can hear the Holy Spirit praying through me in ways for kin. Because God uses my obedience and willingness to pray for people. And he prays in a manner sometimes that I don't even understand. Paul says it's with groanings. And, and the Holy Spirit just begins to pray. I'll just hear just, just words that I don't understand. I'm praying. And I know that now intercession, the Holy Spirit is taking over praying for other people. How powerful is that? How awesome is that? That you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And God wants to fill us all. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. I heard that last one. The power of the Holy Spirit changes lives. The power of the Holy Spirit changes lives. Amen? Who can say that? The power of the Holy Spirit changes lives. Here's the third. Changes lives. Amen. Uh, number three. This is our third point. The Holy Spirit puts God first. The final point. The Holy Spirit Puts God first. Let's put our points together. Number one says the importance of Pentecost. Number two was God gives us the Holy Spirit. Now, number three, the Holy Spirit puts God first. Commandment number one, when God's finger wrote the commandments, he was talking to Moses. Moses is on the own. He said, hey, here's the commandments for my people. Commandment number one, he writes, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. God is a jealous God, and God demands to be number one. And he deserves to be number one. The Holy Spirit, how do you know you have the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit puts God first. I tell young couples all the time, don't put your husband first, you put God first. Don't put your wife first, you put God first. You have to have God first. God has to be number one in your life. You see, the Holy Spirit puts God first. Let's read Acts 
chapter 15 and verse 17. It says this, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things. You've got to understand, it's up to us when we accept Christ, we lift up Jesus and he draws all mankind to him. You see, Jesus himself came, King of kings, the Lord of lords, Son of the living God, the ruler of earth, the Lord of lords, was crucified on a tree. They nailed him to the tree. But even when they did that and murdered him, they lifted him up. They lifted him up that all mankind would see him. I lift up Jesus that he died, he buried, he was buried, and he rose on the third day for me. And I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And if you will lift up Jesus, he will take care of all of the, everything else that you want. He'll take care of the harvest. He'll take care of your dreams. He'll take care of your passions. You'll be happier and you'll love more than you ever have before. But you have to have priorities and you have to put Jesus first in your life. You have to lift him up. You see, here's where it could get quite a little bit. But we're going to go into this last part. And um, it's actually in verse 20. This is a part of putting God first. Okay. And for, let me back up a little bit. Jesus gave his life and gave the Holy Spirit to not only the Jewish people, but the Greeks, to the Americans, to the Chinese, to every race. Everybody say amen. amen. And when he gave it to the Gentiles, this is the big discussion they're having. They're saying, you know, just God gave his spirit to them. They don't have to do everything that you've done. They don't have to be circumcised. They don't have to stop eating animals that they're eating. In fact, God showed that to Peter when he brought a, uh, a sheet down and he said, eat of these animals. And Peter's like, I don't eat any of these. And God said, what I've called clean, let no man call unclean. So us Gentiles, we can still have bacon. Everybody say, yeah. yeah. Woohoo. Because if you're Jewish, you can't. There's things we could do. And we're like, he's like, leave them alone. You know, on, on these cultural things that they have in their life. But then, but then they say something really great right here towards the end. And it's in verse 20. Look at 20. But you should write to them, though, that they should abstain from things polluted by idols. Let me tell you what point number three says again God first the Holy Spirit puts God first and anything is an idol that exalts itself over God I don't care how great the cause is I don't care what uh, it's your wife she's so wonderful it's your husband he's so great you can't put them in God's position God has to be first you cannot serve anyone else. 
If you serve anyone else, you're serving a satanic principle. You're serving something that exalts itself above God. God will have no other gods before him. And so you have to serve God first. So here's what he says to the Gentiles. And I don't know if I knocked my mic off, but he says, listen, you can't have any idols above God and from sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. You see, he said, abstain from anything that puts itself above God and sexual immorality. God instituted, he designed sex. So he's not against sex. What he's saying here is, is it's almost the same as putting idols or putting gods above God. Because when you participate in sexual immorality, you're doing a, an act that God has instituted for marriage. And so you're cheating on your future spouse. You're cheating on the one that God has put together for you to be married to and to participate in this wonderful thing that God designed. Is anybody listening? So, God, right here, the apostles are making it clear. Thou shalt have no other gods before him. Thou shalt not participate in sexual immorality, but keep yourself clean, because God has a person for you. He has a mate for you. And in marriage, how many of you know that in marriage, what, it, what makes a good marriage, anybody? Two people that are great forgivers. You have to have two forgivers. Because in marriage, there is people will get hurt over and over and over. And you have to have two people, not one. One can forgive, but it still won't work. You have to have two forgivers. So when we put God first in our life, when we put God first, then... The Holy Spirit can function and work through us. Confess Jesus with your mouth. This morning, um, maybe somebody can bring a communion uh, thing to me. I, I, I have one in the early, but I don't in this one. But I want to get ready to uh, observe communion. But before we do that, I want to tell you how you can put God first. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. Thank you. And I want to tell you how you put Christ first. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, you will be saved. And what, let's do it right now uh, for those that are online and those that are here. Just say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. I confess that you are Lord and Savior, that you died and you rose on the third day for my sins. I repent of my sins. I abstain from sexual immorality. And I put you, God, above all other gods. I have no idols in my life. And I put you first, Lord. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And when you said that this morning, if you're online, go get a piece of bread or some juice. Hopefully you've done that already. And I want to observe something that Jesus did the night that he was betrayed. The night that he was betrayed, he took a, a bread and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Jesus' body was broken so we could be whole. Some of you, if you maybe your mind has been giving you trouble. I'm praying the, that God will heal your brain, heal your mind, and give you peaceful thoughts and give you wholeness. God was, Jesus was broken so that we could be whole. Let's take that this morning. Would you take that? Just take that with me. Thank you, Lord. We pray over this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the body, for your body, Lord, that was broken for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, in the same way, in the same manner as he lifted the cup, he said, when you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me for the remission of your sins, for the forgiveness of your sins. By the blood of Jesus, we are forgiven. Our sins are eradicated. That is so powerful, you guys. We thank him for that. Would you take that right now and drink that? Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand and just thank him? Lord, we, we stand. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory.